Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Hello and welcome along to a, an ad hoc edition of the Far Post Perth podcast. It's been a while since we got together to have a chat about football in Western Australia. So my name is Neil Sherwin and I'm joined as always by Blaine Threadgold and Donald Jeffrey. Guys, welcome along. How's things? Yeah, good. Cold, wet, over it. Bring on summer. Bring on the A-League. Agreed. Bring on the A-League. I was down at Coburn on the weekend. I've never been so cold at football in <laughs> WA for a very, very long time. At least you got to see a game. Wasn't I did get to see a game, yeah, there was off, plenty so. washed out and uh, and what have you, and I think some even went for a swim down in uh, Subiaco and Belcada. Uh, rescheduled for tonight, I believe. Yeah, but they've even changed the ground. So oh, have they? they? Okay. The lights. So we'll discuss that in their NPL. No spoilers. The NPL discussion will be later on. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the A-League because it's the time of the year where even the smallest things bring great excitement to many. And the fixtures were announced. I think they were about three weeks later than last year. Uh, but finally, we now know that everybody will play everybody three times. Great, great news. Uh, so people had a discussion about the, the Perk Glory fixtures in particular, obviously, in this neck of the woods. Uh, lots of back-to-back away trips. I think there's five in total where Glory are on the road for two games in succession. They, that includes the first two games of the season. Uh, if you want to put a positive spin on it, five of the last seven games... Are at NIB Stadium, so if Gloria are there, thereabouts at that time of year, you could probably uh, boost your attendances with a bit of a bit of a marketing push. And that one, um, Blaine, any games in particular you're looking forward to? Games you may be travelling to, or is it just, yay, we got something to talk about? Yeah, I think it's a little bit like that. Um, bit of something to talk about. It's just kind of uh, another step closer to the season, really. Um, a lot of people uh, having a whinge and a bloody whine about, you know, playing the, what is it, two of the first five away from home, uh, at, only at home. Um, right, it swings and roundabouts. You, as you just mentioned, you we finish with a flurry. We, uh, we start off a little bit slower in terms of home fixtures, but the biggest concern has to be overall has to be the lack of international dates and a midweek cup final, surely. Um, I just think there's bigger fish to fry in terms of having a whinge over the fixtures. Um, Glory, away at Christmas and over that period yet again. Uh, it's been mentioned that it's because NIB Stadium is unavailable, relay and surface, whatnot. But the players themselves don't like it. Uh, you see the smart comments from them in the lead-up to the fixtures, which city are we going to be playing in this year and that kind of thing. So it would be nice if, if one year even there could be in a, some way it could be accommodated that uh, Glory have a home game over Christmas and New Year because I think you'd get a, a quite a good attendance for it. Um, the other one that stands out for me is the uh, 28th of January, Sunday, 5.30pm against Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, not, not only is it a late kickoff on a Sunday, um, it's also going to be a uh, hot one in the January. You'd, you'd, you'd have preferred 
later kickoff time, seven o'clock is good for us. Five thirty, sun's still up for another hour or so, and you don't want to be sitting in that uh, that newsstand facing into the sun when uh, when it's thirty five degrees or so. I remember that game we had a few years back against Adelaide uh, at the start start of January, and it was a Monday. Uh, I think it was the Monday just after everyone had got that was everyone had gone back to work that day, and they scheduled it. And I think it was initially a four thirty p.m. kickoff, but the really really generous people at the uh, at FFA allowed it to be a five thirty p.m. kickoff when it was uh, only about thirty seven or thirty eight degrees. And I've never sweated so much the game in my life. But uh, they're the sort of things you you would think that they would have learned a lesson by now and avoided. Um, it's a it's a hot one, you know. That's that's a the other one is the the nineteenth of November is a four p.m. kickoff on a Sunday against Melbourne Victory. That could be a stinker as well, really. If if the summer comes early this year and if summer sticks around for for being, for a little bit later, uh, you've also got four p.m. against Victory again in uh, in March. So little things like that probably could have been made a bit more Perth friendly, but obviously we have to bow to our overlords on the East Coast who want games for TV and whatnot. Um, I feel sorry for the Brisbane Roar fans because two of their games are Thursday night fixtures against Glory. Now, no disrespect to Glory, but they're not a, not a good sell over in that part of the world. And to have two of your, what, 13 games against Glory on a Thursday night, being a little bit shafted there. Um, Donna, you excited to see Victory here twice during the season? Yeah, I'm quite lucky that I get to see them play twice. I think they come here twice every year at the start and at the end of the... That's all right. They're our bunnies down at NIV. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, our, bogeys, our, our bogey team. Um, but, yeah, it's really good to see. I think one of the other uh, fixtures that a lot of people were kicking up the think on was a Tuesday night game. Yeah, it's a weird one. At 7 p.m. Um, against Melbourne City, which is a very odd fixture. But, uh, as I said, for victory... Um, for our fixture, we, we're playing on the Wednesday night, so I assume everyone is... I it's, haven't looked at everyone else's I presume it's this festival of football nonsense that they, that they, they bang on in. about, but yeah. like it's a 7pm kickoff here, which at that time of year is 10pm in Melbourne yeah. on a school night. Uh, uh, who's going to watch that? I mean, let's be realistic here. It's not going to be great for TV audiences. <sighs> no. Of course, there's we've lost all those Saturday night fixtures because of this uh, new free-to-air deal, which... Um, it's the prime time game on Channel Ten or One HD. So obviously, I think um, the clubs had a big push last year to get those Saturday night games because they seemed to get the the fans rolling in. But um, comfortably, the best time slot, really, because the sun's gone down, so you don't have a blind in you from that stand. Um, it, it's great. I know there have been some parents have said they actually prefer 4, 4 p.m. on a Sunday because it's it's easier for them if they've got young kids to get them home and everything by 7 o'clock rather than the game kicking off at 7. So I can understand that. But that's why I don't mind. Like the first home game of the season is the 22nd of October, 4 p.m. on a Sunday against the Mariners. That's okay. You compromise and you have that one. But yeah, late, as the season goes on and it, it gets warmer into the summer, you really want those games on a Saturday night to try to get people through the door. Uh, so yeah, uh, well that's it. That's the that's the the way it's fallen this year. Um, and Glory will finish with Brisbane Roar at NIB Stadium. So the, the three three of the last four games are are Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC, and Brisbane Roar at home. So they're not exactly yeah. Uh, while it is home games, it's not exactly an easy run, run in either. But it is what it is. Let's just talk briefly about the squad itself. Uh, they started preseason well, a week or so ago at this stage. Um, seen them up and up and running around Kings Park, uh, nice and picturesque setting for a, a bit of a kickabout. 
players coming in, we've only had three signings so far, confirmed. Um, Scott, uh, Scott Neville, we knew about a long time ago. Jacob Poscaliero and um, the other one is Mitch, Mitch Nichols. <laughs> so the Mitch Nichols signing, look, I, I don't like it straight up. Uh, I don't, first of all, I don't think he was particularly good when he was at Glory before. So you're, you're going back to, to what you know. Um, and what we know is that he didn't really set the world alight. And then you've got this this four-game ban hanging over him for the for being caught in possession with, with drugs. Um, it's not a good look. As I said, when on the day he signed, Glory pride themselves as a club that's very community-focused and has set an example for young people. This kind of... Uh, smacks in the face of that by signing a player who's just been done for a drug charge. Now, they say that he hasn't been formally uh, charged in the sense that he hasn't, he hasn't criminally been charged. criminally charged. That's splitting hairs for me. It is what it is. And I, I just think it's it's not look, it's not really a, a, a sign that's, that's got me excited. If he comes in and does a job, great. He can prove people like myself wrong. But yeah, it just doesn't get the juices flowing whatsoever. So hopefully they have got other people lined up and he's not. Um, heard players have come out and supported him, saying he's one, Scott Neville was one of them, saying that he's one of the best that they've played with. But from what I hear, he's very selfish um, in the club rooms that are on the pitch. He was like that at victory. I didn't like him. So I was happy when he departed. But the four-game ban, can he not – is he – I heard that he was allowed to serve that during the FFA Cup as well. Yeah, so he can. He can. So he miss, he'll, he'll it won't miss really matter the first game of the yearly. season if Glory keep progressing in the FFA Cup. He'll miss the first maybe – First game or maybe two games okay. of the league season. So, funnily enough, the first game is against Western Sydney Wanderers. It's spotless, so it's probably a pity he can't go back because I'm sure the reception would be fantastic uh, with the Wanderers fans and the sort of <laughs> banners they might uh, might come up with in the RBB for a returning player uh, in those circumstances. But, yeah, it, it is what it is. They signed them, so Glory fans just have to suck it up and, and deal with it. But I, I think... I think there was a little bit of surprise from the club that people were so negative about the signing, but that to me screams of, come on, lads, wake up. You know, you, you, just because you sign someone doesn't mean everybody has to be positive about them. They can oh. have a negative feeling about an acquisition, and there's legitimate reason to be negative about this one, in my opinion. I wasn't a fan of him when he was here to begin with. Um, he's a very, very frustrating player because he can produce absolute moments of brilliance, and that's where I think that he... People get so frustrated with him, whether it was at Victory, whether it was at Wanderers, because yeah. we know that he can play football. So it seems to be more in the head space yeah. thing than anything else. So maybe he, this is the kick up the ass that he needs and, you know, we'll stop taking things for granted and let's hope he starts well, to do well. He has well. said that this is a lifeline for him. Yeah, players say that all the time, though, when they move to clubs and they want a fresh start and all that, but it's actually getting on the pitch and proving it. You know, you can say what you want and give the lip service to fans and all that, but it'll be performances on the pitch that ultimately dictate what he's doing because he's been given a two-year deal as well, I forget. He's not just been handed a one-year, let's see how you go. The club have, have really backed him by giving him that, that two-year contract. So if he, he's got a lot to prove. He's in his late 20s now. He's not going to get many more chances um, considering he's been at so many A-League clubs. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is in terms of he's a glory player now, but there's the, the the doubt from supporters to me is perfectly understandable and he's got a lot to do to win everybody over, I think. You wouldn't mind having a look at some of the clauses that will be in that contract <laughs> there, I'd say. No cocaine yeah. during the season. No pissing up <laughs> against the wall in Adelaide. Yeah, uh, Those sort of There'll things. Be a few. 
BFU <laughs> can on, on a couple of them. All right, uh, so that, that means there's room still in the squad though for players to come in. Um, what 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 are the needs? What what are the needs and wants in the squad? My ultimate, even from last season, me and you, Neil, we've talked about this is a left uh, out and out left side of the oh, if, they, if they don't address that this year, um, it was glaringly obvious last year when Sydney left. It's a gaping hole for a for an out and out left sided player that will allow Castro to drift inside while also maintaining the width in the team um, because you can be very narrow and you also then expect a lot from your left back if, if you're if you're not playing with a natural left winger it doesn't even have to be somebody that starts every game someone that can even come in with half an hour to go when you're losing to make the pitch as wide as possible and to drag opponents out of position there isn't one in the squad you've got a couple that can do it on the right in Chinese and Harold and you'll obviously have Neville filling in the Risden role of getting forward as much as possible. But I really think they need someone uh, to play in front of Mills and, and or Warren, whichever one gets the nod or who's, whoever yeah, starts at left back. But yeah, as you say, it's something we noticed last year and it wasn't addressed. I think we're looking pretty solid at the back as long as Grants and Lowry address those injury concerns. I think they'll be a, a back, um, centre-back pairing. Um, as you said, Mills, Warren on the left. Uh, we've even got Poscalero in now as a, a bit of a backup. Um, and then, as you said, Neville on the right. So, um, yeah, I think it's midfield. We look all right up front too. Keo, Taggart, Castro, Harold. Um, Harold seems to go missing though for me. He's not He did have enough. a quiet season last year. A lot of assists though. He got a lot yeah, more he did. assists. Yeah, he but you do need someone else other than him for Castro to be able to work with. I did notice that Jamal Rainers is still listed in the squad. Where has that blog been for the last 12 seen months? Because he's not um, been playing youth league. He's no, not he playing. Issues personally, I think, with like family things that were going on. The, the word was um, that he's dealing with injury. Um, that's the last still. I heard, but quote-unquote injury. I'm not exactly sure yeah. what that means. John Owens obviously has got a senior contract, so he's another option up front, and we'll see if he gets a run maybe in the FFA Cup game. Has and a few weeks' time. Team, no, they've given him a break for um, in the lead up to the okay. A League preseason, so they've um, taken him out yeah. of the um, yeah, he played team at MPL level. Played the, pretty much the first half of the season and was okay. captain for a lot of it himself. And uh, Daniel Steins were pretty much carrying that team um, for a lot of it. And yeah, so he uh, he was he was looking sharp, and he's, uh, he's a good player. So just a case of tracking. Handle that step up in quality, which will be into the A League. So, uh, FFA Cup probably an ideal opportunity to give someone like him a run out uh, for from the start, play him up front with Kyo or, or Taggart, and let him learn a little bit off them. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be one to watch. Uh, but yeah, so Donna, any anything else you think Laurie need? They seem seem pretty set in uh, in goal as well. There was rumours of Alex Sisak. Uh, being linked with the, with a move to the club as well, I saw last week. Now they're out and materialises in that. I don't know, but they've got Reddy and Feely signed as the two goalkeepers. But obviously, Thurtell's now gone. He's gone. Yeah. So yeah. third choice keeper come in and add a bit more competition. I think they do need a third keeper. I prefer if it was somebody young, like Thurtell, which you know is someone of that age. Why he left Thurtell? I think he was just lack of opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, that seems yeah. to be a rolling theme over the last few years um, with us losing a lot of young, uh, promising players. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised that he was third on the pecking order for most of the last season. I mean, not, nothing against Nick Feely or anything. It's purely an age thing that 
and she can give him a bit more, give a younger player a bit more exposure in the goalkeeping role because Reddy's durable. He doesn't get injured. So your your backup keeper essentially is really only there for experience unless Reddy decides to go galloping out of his penalty area, <laughs> which which probably is <laughs> probably is a concern, of, I suppose. So maybe that is the, the reason behind having an experienced keeper on the I wonder how many cartons he had to buy the boys for that. Honestly, God. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, look, we'll, leave, we'll wrap up the first part there. Just a quick touch on how Glory are are travelling and as they kick off their pre-season. So in the second part, we're going to look at the FFA Cup and the National Premier League. You're listening to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. back for part two of the Farpost Perth podcast as, as mentioned before the break we're going to look at the MPL in WA but first up it's the FFA Cup because the draw was made late last week there were three WA teams in the hat for the round of 32 unfortunately we're only getting one game in uh, in Perth in that round it's going to be Sorrento against Canberra Olympic from the ACT the good news is that that game will be a Percy Dole reserve uh, so Sorrento are actually getting to play um, at their home ground whereas uh, a couple of years ago when they were in the FFA Cup and they got Sydney FC the game was switched to NIB Stadium which didn't exactly provide the uh, the raucous cauldron <laughs> when it was it was about 2,000 people in a 20,000 seater stadium um, Percy Dole Reserve, though, midweek game, Windy Hill, probably crap conditions considering it's going to be on the 26th of July. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad draw for Sorrento, Blaine, is it? It's all right. No, I think it's a good test for them. Um, obviously, when they played Sydney uh, a couple of years ago, um, they were pretty well outclassed being against a, a decent A-League opponent. But Canberra Olympic, I'm not too... Not too savvy on the on where ACT football kind of sits, but it'd be a good test to see where WA football, a decent side in WA football, sits against the against the other states. Yeah, um, it, I don't know anything about Canberra Olympic. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about them, but it's just really nice to have a game here at one of the local grounds and that we can actually host it and get your uh, your traditional chips and gravy down at Percy Doyle and I reckon they'll get a good crowd in get a lot of people on the hill as long as the weather's not too bad the only downside for me and I don't know who who decides because this game isn't isn't being broadcast um live on Fox Sports fully uh, it, it they will obviously do crosses to and whatever but it, it, I don't know if Football West are consulted on this or not but it's the same night as all of the amateur cup uh, quarterfinals so you're going to lose a lot of the big, the bigger clubs are still in it. So you're looking at your Kingsley, North Perth, Joondalup United, um, there's the Southern Spirit. There's the, the people that will probably go and stick a bit of money over your bar uh, when you're playing a, an FFA Cup game. They're all going to be off playing the game on the same night. Do it a week later, everybody's available. It just seems so, so silly that you're not maximising um, a game like this. Yeah, well, it's unfortunately we aren't um, aren't privy to a lot of the conversation that goes on whether who's consulted and who's not and and what have you. But I see exactly where you're coming from. I was actually looking at a lot of these games are actually on a Tuesday night, which of course you have got your juniors training on a Tuesday night. You've got your other guys training on a Tuesday night. Once again, they're the type of people that you want to get out and see. You know, yeah, um, MPL clubs 
playing on the biggest stage they can. So um, I wonder if there'll be a little bit of a, um, um, you know, have a bit of a break, maybe take the juniors down and hopefully get them to learn something. Yeah, I, I would be first one down to watch that game. It's 10, 15 minutes from home for me to get down and watch a game at Percy Doyle, but I'll be playing the same night. So sorry, my own game gets priority and it's it's annoying that you have to make such a choice, you know, yeah. when, you, when you want to get out and support the local team in their game, but it, it is what it is. So it's July 26th at Percy Doyle Reserve. I'm sure there'll be ticket news out and about uh, over the coming week or so, and it'd be great to if there was a big crowd down there supporting um, Sorrento and hopefully the weather is, was decent enough. The other two WA teams definitely give a shout out to Western Knights because they're playing Gold Coast City. Excellent opportunity for a midweek piss up for the boys. Um, that's, that's a, an Let's away be honest, game. that's why they all got excited oh, and drooled. And also, free trips awesome. to Sin City. Yeah. As far as I know, um, FFA cover one night's accommodation over there now. If I was the lads, I'd be in a whip round for at least another two nights. <laughs> Make sure you get the most of it and win, lose, or draw, get out and have a good time. It's a great opportunity for them to go and play over there against a, a different team. Like Western Knights or a state league. Um, state league team they're not even in the NPL um, it's a great achievement for them to get as far as they've as they've gotten and they'll obviously then take on Sorrento in the Coolridge Cup final which I think is in four nights time I think it's uh, NPL games this weekend and then the following weekend is the is the final so a couple of massive games for them coming up but they're, they're a good club uh, at that level um, really pushing hard at the top of the of the state league but they can't get promoted to the NPL even if they wanted to because they don't meet all the criteria. And there's a few state league teams that are going to fall foul of that. Um, I think Ashfield are in the same boat. So it's it's a, we could have a little uh, a little bit of fun on our hands again when it comes to who finishes bottom of the NPL and who finishes top of the state league uh, in, in a few weeks' time because we're Just down. Just to be honest, we don't even know the process yet, do we? Is there a playoff? Is there a well, straight-up down? Well, no, no, there's a straight-up down according to the, the competition rules of the NPL, which has, haven't been updated on the sly in the last few weeks. Uh, one team goes down, one team goes up. I've heard rumours that that's the plan for this year and then next year the, the, uh, the, the old boys, to, to categorise all the clubs that are... The, the, where the pre-existing MPL clubs wanted to be reverted back to a 12-team league, so we may get a situation where it's three down and one up for the, for the 2018 season to revert it back to 12-team competition, which to me is a massive step backwards, but apparently it's to do with scheduling. People don't like the season starting earlier because it's too hot. They, don't, they can't extend the season later. If it was me, I, I'm going to be sound the term would be un-Australian, but I would bin off the top four uh, cup nonsense and extend the season by four weeks and get those keep those teams in it. Because I, the, for the teams that are there now, their season will finish in August and then you've got the top four thing, which only includes four teams. Which, yeah, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me too, mate. I'd be quite happy to see that. Uh, and the, the argument for the top four cup, they, it was done away with a few years ago, but the, uh, the argument to bring it back was that they're the games that get the most crowds. Well, I'm sorry, but the crowds in the NPL suck as it is, and it's going to take more than a top four cup to bring them back. Clubs should, should, shouldn't be relying on, on those little showpiece games. They should be getting out and about and trying to, to encourage people to go to their games, doing a little bit, putting a little bit more effort into to getting fans down because the top four things sucks as, as far as I'm concerned. I'd rather see all the teams play an extra four rounds, but apparently that's that's the word on the street, and it'll uh, it'll probably it'll well, we assume it'll have to be decided well in advance of next season. So keep an eye out for that. But Western Knights, as we've mentioned, state league one team, 
uh, got some cracking players in their in their squad, and um, yeah, they, they'll enjoy the trip to the Gold Coast. And then obviously, Perk Glory, uh, they will be live and exclusive on Fox Sports. The full game is being shown against Heidelberg United from the Victorian National Premier League. Donna, do you know anything about them? Not much about Heidelberg. I don't really follow them as much. Why not? You're from South Melbourne, you know? but. Um, it'd be a cracking game from what I hear because everyone's raving on about how great um, Heidelberg everyone I've spoken to over East is pretty pumped Adrian Zara plays from yeah I've heard so big old in, in its cell side too yeah, so got, it's um, a lot, lot of history and um, everything else so a lot of supporters you know, yeah. from what I hear so it'd be a good um, good test for Perth Glory it's a definitely a, it's a use the cliche a banana skin uh, heading over there and you know they could they could pose a threat, all right. You'd, you'd, you'd like to assume that Glory could navigate that. Um, but then again, they probably won't have Castro. Um, may not have any more new signings in, uh, embedded into the squad by then. So, yeah, it could be could be a tricky one. But that, we'll be able to see that one. Um, that one's live on, on Fox. Something we've talked about also with the Glory. Um, of course, there's no real preseason matches now that that uh, Chilean club's cancelled that. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the further you go in the club, uh, in the cup, the uh, better your preseason is going to be, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, there's, <clears throat> as, as far as I've been made aware, there's going to be a game against the WA State NPL team um, coming up, and that is going to be towards the end of uh, of July. Um, the date I was told was the 26th of July, which is the same night as the Sorrento game. Um, which would be the week before Glory's game against uh, Heidelberg. I assume, I'm hoping that because Sorrento were playing the MPL, or playing in the FFA Cup, that the game against the MPL team would not be July 26th. But you never know the way fixturing goes here. You wouldn't like to see them clash on the same night, would you? Of course you? not. No. Of course not. You want to so. see everyone, as many as you can, get down to Percy Doyle and, and support Sorrento, really. Yeah. Um, the WA, um, the, the MPL team, so the MPL state team, have fixtures against Perk Glory, the Socceroos under 20s, and Singapore, I believe. So they could be some some games to get out and watch. Into the NPL now, then, uh, just briefly, we'll have a quick look at the table. Inglewood United under Andy Kyo tearing it up. Uh, they had an emphatic 10 2 win over Mandra last week, followed it up with a nice win over Perth at the weekend as 3 2. Um, that gives them a little bit of a buffer, but as we mentioned, just before we, or just after we finish recording this podcast, Flory Athena are going to play their game against uh, struggling Balcada uh, as, as a catch-up game, the one that was washed out from Saturday. Sorrento are on third spot. They're four points off the pace at the moment with Perth SC level uh, with them. And then Bayswater in fifth on 32 points. Junlup United still plugging away nicely there in, in sixth spot, surprising a few people um, on 29 points. It's, well, from... From a club perspective, it's been a great first year in the NPL to be to be that high up the table. It wasn't wasn't something that was expected, considering there is a budget of zero um, in the club compared to some of the big boys. But yeah, more than holding their own. Um, Coburn City, then ECU, Armadale, Sterling Lions, and Subiaco, and then Sterling Lions and Subiaco are probably safe at this stage. It's going to take a lot for them to be pulled into the, the relegation battle. Both sitting on nineteen points. Balcada fairly precarious on 14, Perth Glory on 13, and Mandra City bottom on 12. From what I've been told, Perth Glory can be relegated this year. So it's one of three to go down, I would say, at this stage with, what, seven rounds to go. Um, Blaine, who's your tip for the drop? 
Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Two weeks from, I think it's not this weekend's coming, sorry, at the weekend after, Perth Glory actually meet with Mandra City. So that could be your crunch match. Um, yeah, um, I covered the Perth Glory, Perth SC match two weeks ago. Um, the way I understand it is Perth Glory's side is very depleted at the moment. They've sent a lot of guys away on holidays. They've um, relying on a lot of youngsters. I think their average uh, average age that day, I was told, was about 172 so they're quite a bit younger than a lot of the other sides. It was boys against men um, a lot of the time. Um, but on the contrary, they will start getting guys back in uh, who are signing up for the National Youth League and when Perth Glory seniors start to start to sign the rest of their players. So Is that they not might... a little bit of a, a, bit of a, a dampener on the competition as a whole? Because if, you, if, you, if your fixtures fall nicely... You can play Perth Glory when they've got a bunch of 17-year-olds or you could play Perth Glory when they get those new boys in and have a much stronger team. That was my initial thoughts also when I heard that because I wasn't too sure how it all ran. I noticed that Joseph Knowles, um, they're sent on a bit of a holiday before he gets his uh, senior contract. So you're missing him. Jamal Rainers, Costa Petrados is gone. Mick Topspur is gone. So you're replacing them. Tertel is gone. Tertel has gone. Yeah. So you're replacing them with 17-year-old kids. Um, a lot of them could be played under-18s, as John Gibson said to me a couple of weeks ago. So, um, But I see exactly where you're coming yeah. from that, um, that we could be. the same be. thing every year, though. They're not exactly... How well did they go last year? Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, <laughs> similar for, for, for so using yeah. that as an oh, it's not, not an excuse. You, it's but more explaining that. to yeah people saying you know, the there's seventeen year olds out there. Well, every year they seem to be down in the bottom, yeah. the bottom three. And, so that, and that's exactly the point year. that's that's been made. I've been listening to the um, the latest uh, Fox Football podcast where they've been talking about youth development and that sort of thing and. And how we refer to 19 and 20 year olds as youngsters when they're really youngsters should be no more than 16, 17. And 16 and 17 year olds should really be playing in your first team. If they're, if they're that good, they should be playing in your first team. Otherwise, a lot of them that are playing in that struggling team in the NPL probably are going to end up being NPL players for life. They're not gonna they're not gonna crack it. So yeah. are we wasting our time? Unfortunately for Glory's from Glory's perspective, there isn't really another way for them to get game exposure against players that are because you stick you stick those 17 year olds playing in glory's mpl team into an under 18s league and they're going to absolutely destroy it um, because glory's under 18s are doing quite well as it is and it's full of 15 year olds so they, they kind of have to play at that level but flip side to me is they were protected for far too long um, by not being eligible for relegation they're eligible for relegation and they go down a path to play in the State League. They go to play in the State League. Like Absolutely. It wouldn't be the first club, A-League clubs, to be relegated. I think Melbourne Victory, Victory Sydney yeah. FC, Central Coast Mariners. Um, yeah. West Sydney Wanderers are still in MPL2, I think, in New South Wales. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems to be the way that we – that nationally the, the picture is is that our kind of 17, 18-year-olds aren't at the standard. Okay, games this weekend. Uh, what have you got? Are you covering it? Um, I don't even know where I am this week. I haven't even looked. Cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want to mention quickly before we move on, um, which is something I was talking to Blaine about, which I had no idea about, but you might know over the Gothier Cup that gets played. Gets played every yeah. Surprising. I only know this because of DT thirty eight's involvement. Over um, sixteen hundred teams all across eighty nations go over. And play this year has been played in Sweden. Subiaco's under-15s team is representing Australia. 
Um, cool. Yeah, they're doing a lot of fundraising down there. Again, the reason I know this is because they will be representing DT38 on a on an international um, board over there. So it's actually a pretty good tournament. Over 30,000 teenage boys are involved in it. So I just want to give a shout-out to Subiaco, who've done a lot of hard work to get the guy sent over there. They only get given a certain amount of money, and they've had to fundraise a load to go over Must to Sweden. Must not make lawyer joke, but okay. No, <laughs> no good on them. No, they're only kids. They're only no, kids. They're kids them, yeah. Give them their opportunity. It's, it's, under it's, no, it is good to see if a WA team is representing Australia. It's always good. It's so, a, yeah. yeah. So just um quick shout out to Subi. Excellent. Cool. Um, I imagine people can, if they want to throw some money in, they can yeah, get in contact with Subiaco. Yeah, jump on the Subiaco website or jump on DT38. There's a lot of information. Again, I had nothing knew nothing about this till I went to a DT38 meeting. So, um, yeah, good shout-out to them. Excellent. All right, that's where we'll wrap up part two. Back with a little bit more discussion in the third part. Welcome back. It's the Farpost Perth, powered by Outside90.com. to the third and final part of the Firepost Perth podcast. We're going to have a quick chat about the Confederations Cup because Australia were there. They played. They didn't win any games. But uh, Blaine, <laughs> positives, come on. Oh. Mate, there's plenty of positives. Why is everyone <laughs> shitting on this tournament? I'm, Literally. Not, I'm just laughing at Neil. It's well, a, I don't look. I don't look. From, okay, space. disclaimer from the top. I don't like the Confederations Cup. It's a lot of glorified friendlies. It was shite, and I watch forty-five minutes of it, so I have Mate, very. When little Ireland bad. wins the Euros and they get the right Ireland, to not play, Northern Ireland, no, remember? sorry, Republic of Ireland. Ireland? We just had yep. this discussion of working out yeah. between the two islands. When Ireland win the Euros and they go yeah. to play in it, I guarantee you will not have the same. I will if it's at one o'clock in the morning. Oh. But it was at eleven. It's going to be one o'clock in the morning for someone. Let's go night. It's going to be one o'clock in the morning for someone to watch it, doesn't it? Anyway, didn't really watch it, but you did. So you can give us a little bit of a rundown on what you thought of the Socceroos, um, the much maligned formation. Yeah, no, I was... It's away from the curriculum. What curriculum? Um, I mean, I was... I'm in the... I'll put it out there right now. I'm in the Ash Postacogula camp. I think he can do good things for Australia. I think I like the way that he's going. He's a type of person that will say, we're going to do this, and if it doesn't stuff up, he's going to fall, you know, and he'll go down with the ship. And I'm happy to see that compared to guys that sit there and they're spineless bastards that we've had in the past. Let's be honest. We had... Obviously, there was plenty of talk about the so-called three at the back. He came out and busted a Australian journalist says, no, it's not. It's five at the back with wingbacks, yada, yada, yada. We get through it. The biggest thing was do we have the cattle to be able to play out from the back the way that we want to? Obviously, in the tournament, we got done against Germany. We struggled big time. They pressed hard on us. We lost the ball and we, we conceded a few. But I'm glad to say by the end of the tournament, we played against Chile and we played exact, pretty much the same way. And I thought we... We started to play some good football and we were very, very competitive and a lot of Chilean fans um, actually uh, tipped their lid to us and thought we were the better side on the night. Unfortunately, we couldn't score all the goals to go through um, and that's all she wrote. Yeah. I think um, Millsy did really well stepping in. Now, I'm a huge Yedinak fan, but... I've seen more positives with Millsy playing than Yedinak. That's Mark Milligan for people who oh, aren't, yeah, sorry. Who aren't Mark, mates with, Sorry, you know. Mark Milligan. So I just assume everyone knows who Millsy is. He was on Australian Idol or someone. Yeah, he was. Rob Mills. Um, but on a serious note, I think he was better than um, 
I've seen better signs from him playing than what I've seen from Yedinak. And a lot of people crucified me for saying that because, God forbid, we say anything about Miller Yedinak. But I do think that Mark Milligan was um, outstanding this campaign. Well, it was interesting because that last game he actually stepped into a centre-back role. Yeah. Um, and he and commanded he it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, yeah, look, my biggest concern, I, I said I, I watched, I did watch uh, half of the Cameroon game, um, and the most noticeable thing was how poor um, and how slow Bailey Wright and um, uh, Degenek were uh, playing out from the back. They, they're, they're, they're defenders, they're defenders, but they're not, they're not necessarily ball players. And uh, that's where I think um, Mats Baranovic, if he was doing anything, would have been, would be a great option to play in a back three along with Sainsbury and possibly Milligan you want ball players but that that particular three um the only one that i felt comfortable with watching while on the ball with sainsbury so you, you need more than one of your back three to be a competent ball player if you're going to play that system so that was something that as you said playing it got addressed they shuffled the deck a little bit and and it was better against chile um it's it's bold i'll give him that and he's earned the right to tinker um having delivered an Asian Cup, but then the flip side, you won an Asian Cup playing a certain way, why, why are we changing it? Um, I well, know. I just think it's a progression. I think it's a... Um, but maybe we're starting to get the kind of guys that he wants to take that next step and be able to play play decent football. I mean, let's be honest, he played the same way at Brisbane Raw, he played the same way at Melbourne Victory. He's always yeah. believed in playing out from the back, you keep the ball on the deck and you play football. Um, and it worked. And it, it worked. I mean, it worked, especially for <laughs> Brisbane. Um, yeah. yeah, look... It, He'll, rightly or wrongly, he'll be judged on whether Australia qualify for the World Cup. As I said, look, the Confederations Cup is essentially a lot of friendlies in the sense that it doesn't mean anything in the in the long term for the Socceroos because the Socceroos' goal is to be at the World Cup. If if you if you don't make it out of the group in the Confederations Cup and you qualify for the World Cup, no one is going to really remember this Russian debate in 12 months' time when the Socceroos are heading to the World Cup. They're not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, oh, remember when Ange played three, three at the back and two of the lads couldn't pass the ball 10 yards. It'll be, oh, we're Australia, we're off to the World Cup. That's all people are going to care about. Whereas if he doesn't qualify for the World Cup, more focus will be put on to these, these games. And, and that's just the, that's the nature of the, of the beast and the debate that'll go on. But, I think it, I, th- I think playing these matches now, I mean, obviously we won the, the Asian Cup and we've earned the right to be there with the, with the best in, from each confederation and the World Cup champions and the hosts. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's going to hold us in good stead going into these next matches against Japan, Absolutely. Thailand, do, and then Do we learn the anything by persisting with playing Tim Cale from the start when you've got players like Jamie McLaren who may, who may benefit from, from well, being in that system? Tim only played, started one game and that was for his 100th. That was the Chilean game. Chilean when they wore the, the tops of the 100 on the back. Yeah. Christ, that was awful cringy. But, <laughs> Look, don't talk about the God like that. Yeah, see, we will it, not have any of that right now. I think blasphemy. That is blasphemy. You are burning You, you right can come now. on as a sub and still earn your 100 cap. You know what oh, so, so. But I don't think he... I thought he did well when he played. Oh, it's not a, it's not a case of him doing no, well or yeah, doing bad. It's a ca- would somebody else bench, benefit yeah. from that opportunity more than Kale would? Kale's a seasoned pro, has played against teams like Chile for the last 10, 15 years. Surely you have an opportunity, and again, I go back to it being basically a friendly. Surely McLaren would benefit more from playing against a quality team like Chile than Kale would. He That's all. Well, he, he did come on, and I thought he did quite well. He missed an absolute sit. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say sitter, but he, he definitely should have got it on target. But like we, like we should have a, a, a few more. <laughs> um, a guy that I was quite disappointed in throughout the tournament was actually Aaron Moy. Um, I've started um, to discover that he's very, very one-dimensional and quite 
conservative. There's a lot of sideways passing. There's a lot of back passing. And it seems to almost – I almost start to think that he's, it's been coached out of him because we saw him play some absolute killer balls for Western Sydney – um, and that was his that was his game, and later on, um, I did Melbourne see, City. I did see a few comments about that with Moy. But the thing you have to remember off the off the back of Moy is that he's just played a full uh, season in the championship. <clears throat> How many games do you play in the Absolutely. A-League? Twenty seven, yeah, maybe finals. Of, what what would it be? Championship 60, is sixty games, forty six league games yeah, plus yeah. your cups. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses for the guy, but I think he's proved his quality at the cha- at championship level, and now he's going to be in the Premier League with with Huddersfield. And that I think you can probably get a bit of a pass for the the Confederations Cup. It's uh, come off the back of a long season, so yeah, he, he wasn't as people have said up to his what we expected of him. But I'm sure there was there was mitigating factors in there. Rogic was brilliant was in the first couple. Um, Luongo was absolute pants in the first couple, and then yeah, redeemed himself out. towards the end. He was a completely um, different player. Yeah, he must have got a rocket. Uh, I'd love to see the article where um, Ange said that no club, no game time, because Robbie Crew seems to continuously but in, make... in saying that, once we, Robbie gave that second option in the, uh, third, in the second half against Germany, yeah, yeah. Um, and we but seemed to press a little bit more. still so. wasn't very impressed with him. <clears throat> One other little um, thing yeah, that, that probably surprised me a little bit was, it, was the no, um, no rotation of goalkeepers. Uh, Matt Ryan played at all three Langrack. games. Langrack. Oh, Langrack started Sorry. against Germany. Yeah. Oh, did he? Right. Yes. Well, I'm more so meant from Vukovic because I would have thought it would be a nice opportunity to, to give someone like that a cap. Uh, I know you don't want to go into tokenism, but if he's your third-choice keeper, I mean, Eugene Kalekovic was third-choice keeper for a long time for the Socceroos and did get the odd friendly and was, was part of the Yeah, that games, was very, very preliminary rounds of um, Asian Cup qualifying or something like which that. Which is probably I don't think more of a, an important game. Oh, it depends which way you look at it. <laughs> I think I agree with Neil on that one. I agree with Neil on that one. I think Vukovic should have got at least a half, if you want to say that. Swap him up with Langerak. Yeah. Pure tokenism, um, that's all it is. Yeah. I think he's earned it. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think he has. Matt, Matt Ryan is by far and away the best keeper that we've oh, got yeah, at number absolutely, one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think um, he's But that's the thing. It. I don't think there's a debate. Up for grabs for for number Who's one. Better? I don't think there is a debate, no. and that's why you're you're not necessarily playing off Ryan against Langerak. You're more so rotating and giving all your keepers a game. Would be my my thinking behind why Vukovic maybe would have played one of the games, but he didn't. That's fine. Oh, let's let's see how he goes with this new transfer to Ghent in Belgium. Yeah, um, big, and if we get a couple of friendlies, I'm quite happy to throw him big in. Big loss for Sydney FC. Yeah, yeah. Very big. Well, they're left with Redmayne, so they've got two visa spots now to fill. Yeah, but who's going to fill a visa spot with a goalkeeper? Yeah. They're not glamorous enough for uh, Ford, unfortunately, for, mar- for marketing purposes. Unless you were to bag a Buffon or something like that, which is never going to happen. Well, Tony Pignata is no longer involved there but, now, so it'd be very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the Confederations Cup is what it is. Australia didn't make it out, but the two teams that got to the final were the two teams that finished top of the group. So it's... In our group. Yeah. Yeah. Germany and Chile. So there was a bit of talk in the week. If we had been in the other group, would we have gone through? I think we might have, with the way we play um, against Portugal, Mexico, and Russia. Yeah. If, say if we swap with New Zealand, I think we could have gone through. Yeah, I think we, we would have had more of a chance of going through. New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possibly because <laughs> Russia are no great shakes at the moment. Um, Mexico and Portugal, two good sides. So it, yeah, it depends on what. Team showed up really from Absolutely. Portugal and Mexico. Yeah. You get yeah. the, you get the, some of the young players that Portugal have at the moment: Andre Silva <coughs> and Bernardo Silva and or was it Andre 
Santos. Santos or Silva. Yeah. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and then obviously Ronaldo. So yeah, uh, <laughs> might not have been the Ronaldo Tornado. Might not have been the good times um, that we think it, it could have been. But yeah, look, it, it was it was good game time for um, for as Andre Silva. Um, anyway, <laughs> good game time for the Socceroos to play again and get a few players um, playing together before the next qualifier, which is when? Uh, Japan away on the 30th of August, I'm pretty sure it is, followed, August. Okay. followed by um, Thailand at home, um, rumoured, not confirmed to be in Melbourne at Amy Park Hopefully on the Park, 5th of September. Right, so they're back. So it's a Thursday and Tuesday. And then there's yeah. one more after it. That's it. Oh, that's, that's it. it. That's yeah. just two. Done. Yeah. So we need a draw away and a pretty much a draw away and a win at home. We'll see us automatic. Um, all the results will um, be up for grabs. Interesting. Draw on Japan. Chalk it down. Easy. Um, okay. Uh, let's finish off with a little bit of uh, Blaine rant time on <laughs> the FFA and FIFA and brown paper bags and giving well, blatant nepotism, all that sort of fun stuff that I personally have I've struggled, struggled to get an interest in because I've been hearing about FIFA corruption for years and nothing ever seems to change. And me taking a big interest in it is just going to be a waste of my time. But you think differently, Blaine. My my brand of apathy doesn't wash with you. You think we should all be more concerned and push for a, a, a change at the top. Hey, torches and pitchforks. Let's go for the bastards. That's the way so, I look at it. Let's be honest. Um, if there was something come out in the week, and I think it was Kevin Ayers from 442 came out, and he said he's had more hits um, about player signing, early player signings, than he has about the Garcia report and the um, ongoing issues with FIFA um, and dodgy, allegedly dodgy um, FFA dealings. Um, it seems either people don't care or people don't think they can do anything to change it. So they've. I think that's probably it for me. Throwing I, their hands in the air. I can't. I don't really have any control over. It. I enjoy football for the sport, not for the politics. Um, and and there just seems to be too much dirty laundry that comes out every few months and, and very little gets done about it. You replace one bunch of cowboys with another. Um, that's what that's essentially what we're, we'd be faced with. And look, if Australia and the people that were involved in that World Cup bid can't be held accountable for something that was so, so shambolic and costly, then they're never going to be. Um, no, it, it pretty much it, it needs a bloody um, royal commission into it. Uh, that's the point that it's at because it was using taxpayers' money, forty-five odd million dollars of taxpayers' money for that World Cup. That we for have, that World Cup, that to get us, kangaroo, to yeah. get us one game. Person as our yeah, um, Nicole Kidman. No, it wasn't Nicole Kidman. She in it? No, I would have noticed how much person. <laughs> no, surely no. she was there. It was. I was just yeah. What year was that? Well, it was going for it was originally going for 2018, 2022, yeah, but, but then they dropped was, out of the. What year did the, the bid actually? Was 2009, 2010? Was it? No, it was before. It was twenty ten World Cup, so yeah. it would have been just before that. It would have been well. No, I just that. I just seem to remember I was still living in Ireland. And it was it was a terrible World Cup bid that was, jumping. Yeah, the Jim and Kangaroo, kangaroo was hopping. with Ian Thorpe yeah. and good yeah. old Catherine. Oh mate, it was just Europeans. Love that shit. Oh, I know. Because yeah. I think that's what they we let, have in our backyard. Exactly. And they let you into the Eurovision. Exactly. On the back of it. Yeah. So, yeah. It obviously did no, some good. But, uh, but, yeah, we're, I just don't think that we're ever going to have the care factor from the public um, because there's been very little reports on it. The problem you've got is that a lot of the football media 
for want of a better term, are friendly with uh, some of the people who are being questioned in this. So they're never going to be taken to task by football media. And the rest of the media doesn't really care enough about football to cover it in any depth. Or well, that's a big problem. Um, going back to, a, I think it was a 7.30 report about um, uh, SBS and allegedly um, Les Murray getting into some dodgy stuff. Um, and there were some emails revealed in that program that suggested that people were being silenced and people that um, stepped up and, and went, went beyond to get some of this information out were either uh, were chastised and essentially sacked or yeah. moved on from both media organisations and the FFA. So, um, And I know it's a terrible attitude to have to say that you don't care and that you're never going to make a difference. But it's you bloody just terrible, become, Neil. It is, but you just become a bit weary of it all. Uh, how, how, how long do we sit through the bladder stuff for? And all these lads being arrested in Swiss hotels and whatnot, and whatever happened out of it, really to 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 change the game at the top, nothing really. They're too busy worrying about technology and VAR. Well, let's and all this. let's not forget there's still an ongoing FBI investigation into some of these people. So it'd be interesting to see what that comes out with. But um, you never know. A few more brown paper bags might uh, might put that all in the corner too. So uh, yeah, it, it it's disappointing and disillusioning to look at it. Uh, Especially when it's happening on your doorstep with oh, the with the with it, the FFA and the it's people shocking. involved, and and you've got Frank Lowy um, putting Stephen Lowy as his successor, and you're like, well, is it one generation leads into another, and we're just stuck with this? Well, there was a rep- um, rumor today on um, a couple of um, sources. Um, how sketchy they are, I'm not exactly sure, but saying that um, there's been a letter written to FIFA to remove the current FFA board. Um, me yes, and you ha- yeah. had a discussion, uh, Neil, and it's you know you get crocodiles pulled out and alligators move in kind of style. So yeah, exactly, um, exactly. We're not too sure where we're going to be at that um, until the system changes, until um, stops are put in to, to stop these people trying to um, gain financially and uh, for their own self-interest are, are shifted out of the game, then I don't think much is going to change, unfortunately. See, if ever they really wanted to sweep this under the carpet, what they'd do is they'd expand the A-League, get more teams in, we'd have a shorter off-season, and people wouldn't have time to focus on the dodgy dealings. I guess we'll just have to see what it all comes to over the next few weeks. And um, absolutely nothing. Yeah, we'll, be we'll be back here in another yeah. year and we'll have the same discussion because nothing's Okay, on that really, really positive, <laughs> positive note, note. <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap up. Um, guys, it's been good to have a chat. It's been a, bit of a while since we got together. So, um, yeah, we'll probably do it again in a few weeks when there's a little bit more to talk about. Maybe after the WA-related FFA Cup games, we'll get together, have a chat. Glory might have signed a few players by then. Um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. So, Blaine, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Donna. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure, as always. Congrats on the whole baby nearly coming thing. Yes, yeah, what have we got? Two more weeks of work? Two more weeks of work. Six weeks left. Lady of leisure. The bub comes. Yes, lady of leisure. And then it's all gone. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody else, for listening. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. 
What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.